welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Hello, this is Miss Kapow, and today's date is July 10th, 2017. And we're going to take a little digression from the Enochian studies, even though it goes with it. And what we're about to talk to uh, about originated from that. So what happened is uh, we were studying Enoch, uh, you know, Armageddon and you know, the coming of Christ and future things like that. And I ran across Joel chapter 3, verse 10. And I, read a, I ran across that verse and I ran across um, a brief statement that said, let the weak say I am strong. And about the enemies of God rising up against God himself. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hate God and his people so much that even the weak are going to rise up and say, I am strong against God. But what happened is when I read that, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit, brought to my remembrance a song called Give Thanks that had the exact same lyric. So I thought, well, what's that all about? Why would a worship song have a lyric about the enemies of God? So that kind of opened up a can of worms. So that's is the can of worms we're going to share with you today. And here's the point. Here's the point right off the bat. What we're trying to show you is the subtle deception everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times as Christians, we're looking at, um, oh, Lady Gaga. That's evil. We wouldn't have any of that in our house. Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry. Oh, they're doing satanic worship. And you're not looking at a worship song that you're singing in church. Yeah. The, there's the obvious evil, and then there's the um, the subtle evil. And this is the subtle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, how many songs do you have to vet out and worry about? I You know, I don't know. This, this, this particular song we're going to play for you and analyze and break down. We've sang it in church in the past a lot. Um, I played drums to it. You know, I mean, it never dawned on me that it was an Antichrist song, or at least a song about Cheez-Its. Not mm-hmm. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's a Cheez-It song. So it's something that the Spirit has to reveal. But our point for you today, and we're not here to um, really bag on those songwriters or whatever. I, you know, We don't know these men. Uh, but we are going to talk about them. Miss Kapow has some, some good information about the songwriters and, and how this song came about and things like that. And where it leads. Mm-hmm. But... The point is that taking heed is taking heed. In these last days, the deception is, I mean, Satan is not going to come to you like Katy Perry. Mm -mm. You're not going to buy that stuff. You're not going to buy, you know, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Right. But you're going to sing this song in church. Mm -hmm. You are going to go to church. So there you have it. And you got to be, it's just, it's, it's all around. The enemy is within, and what I'm saying that is it's within our your inner circle. You know, like even with, with the Lord Jesus, the enemy that betrayed him was one of his disciples. That's right. That's right. And that's what you have to, that's, you know, the, the, the wound on the hand is from a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, um, 
it's the one who's dipping in and um, dipping the bread with you. That's right. That's where it is. So it's it's all around you. You're sitting in church. You're singing a song. Um, here's 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 my take on it. There's there's true Christianity, and that's biblical Christianity. That's not a religion. That's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who paid the price as a final sacrifice for your sins. Mm-hmm. That when you accept that free gift and you invite him into your life and your heart, his Holy Spirit transforms you and makes you a new creature in him. And you don't need to sin anymore. You follow God. You walk in the spirit. And then there's what I would call a cultural Christianity or a civilization, a Christian civilization. Uh, and there's the, you know, the religion of Christianity. And these are different things. And they lead to Cheez-Its and they lead to a lot of different stuff. Um, you need to be biblically following Christ. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when you're in the culture, you see this song that I'm going to talk about or worship songs that are written by men, that's part of Christian culture. That's not right. part of the biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. Those songs aren't in the Bible. Even if they take a lyric from the Bible, like this song does, doesn't mean it's from God. That's right. So the the thing you have to differentiate with is true Christianity, which is following Jesus Christ of Nazareth, or the cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. And it gets mixed in so much that most people don't know the difference. Right. Well, you know, it's the thing I had to learn was that not everyone that says Jesus, Jesus is talking about the true Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just like Jesus says, um, you know, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord is actually one of his disciples or followers. That's right. And you, you have a big church called the latter uh, day saints of you know, Jesus Christ, the latter day saints church of Jesus Christ. It's not the same Jesus. Uh, Catholicism is not the same Jesus. They're mm-hmm. Luciferian. That's right. They, they absolutely Luci- uh, worship Lucifer. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, and at this at this point, at this close of this age, and we are at the close, uh, the the attack and the deception is just increased. Mm-hmm. Well, because part of part of the ending of every age is apostasy. So uh, the people at the end of an age have to go apostate <clears throat> before it absolutely ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's where we're at. That's where, we, where we've been uh, for for a while. And it's total apostasy. It's totally fallen away from truth. And, and we're going to show you that with this song. Uh, anything else, Ms. Kapow, before we Oh, no, go, go ahead. Okay. This is a song, like I said, it, it the lyric was brought to my attention when I read the scriptures. And it reminded me of this song. And then, for some reason... I was compelled to go look at this thing, and then this is what came of it. This is a song, and I don't remember what year it was written. Miss Kapow, you probably uh, do. 1986, something like that. Well, actually, it was actually, um, it came to, um, yeah, around 1986. Okay. But I believe it was first written in 1978. Okay, so it's, it's for a lot of you people, it's an old school song, and you may never have heard it. You may never have sung it. Uh, I certainly have uh, sung it and played drums to it. 
in churches, even if you've never sung it or heard it, you need to really be aware that you could imagine what's out there today. Mm-hmm. If this was back in 1985, you could imagine the stuff that you're singing and digging today, mm-hmm. thinking yeah. that it's scriptural, scriptural, <laughs> or that you're worshiping God. All right. It's called Give Thanks. And the lyrics are very simple, very simple. And the first part of the lyric, you look at it and you go, there's nothing wrong with it. And there isn't. And that's why it's a poop sandwich. It gives you a, a little truth, and then it gives you some error in that truth. It's a poop sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still eating poop, right? The, the bread might be delicious, but you're still eating poop. So the first part of the song says, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son. Nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with giving thanks with a grateful heart, right? Nothing wrong with giving thanks to the Holy One because he's given Jesus Christ his son. The second part of that the uh, song, there's only two parts, this is it. The second part says, and now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. That's all the lyrics of the song. And then it repeats over and over and over again, especially I think it repeats four times. The first part, give thanks with a grateful heart and four times. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich because mm-hmm. what the Lord has done for us. So before I go any further, let me actually play the song. So you may recognize it. I don't know who's singing this. It was the first one I pulled off of YouTube. So here it is. Okay, so that was the first part that I said it's hard to find anything wrong with giving thanks with a grateful heart, giving thanks to a holy one, or give thanks uh, because he's given Jesus Christ his son. Now let's listen to the second part, and listen to this very carefully when uh, she sings, and now let the weak say, I am strong, and let the poor say, I am rich, because of what the Lord has done for us. Here we go. Okay, so you right now you're in ecstasy. You have your hands up. You're going, oh, it's a beautiful worship song. I've never heard it. We're going to get it, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, you may never even have heard this song. It was big. It was huge. It probably still is. Yeah, it is. It was a huge, huge Christian hit. Um, like I said, we all sang it, uh, not, not knowing you know, what the heck we're doing. This is the subtlety of it. All right, so you got that. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. So once again, let me preface this. I'm not saying that your strength doesn't rely in the Lord. I'm not saying that you can't do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. 
But that's not what this song is saying. This song is taking a direct line about the enemies of God and using it to worship a Lord of some sort. And I'm not saying that God can't help you financially or sustain you in financial crisis, but scripturally, his goal isn't to make you rich. Uh, In fact, when Christ talks about the poor in spirit, he also talks about how hard it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. because rich people, very wealthy people, rely on their riches and not on anything else, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I am not saying God can't help you financially. I am saying that this song is unscriptural. That's what I'm saying. So let's look at the analysis of this. This lyric, Let the Weak Say I Am Strong, is a direct quote from Joel 3.10, which is about God's judgment on the nations for Israel's mistreatment. The phrase... Let the weak say that I am strong is referring to God's enemies hating Israel so much that even the weak will want to go to war against him. Wow. This is not about being made strong in the Lord, rather about God's enemies saying they are strong against him. Mm -hmm. Now, folks, I'm going to have Miss Capel read Joel 3, 1 through 15 to you. And when you get to verse 10... Ms. Capella, if you will pause at verse 10 and really make sure the listeners hear okay. what verse 10 says. Okay. Um, folks, this is taking the scriptures of God and, and totally, just like the new Bibles do, and totally ripping them around. Totally annihilating God's truth. And later on, we'll talk about these songwriters, but it's hard for me to, to imagine that they did this in ignorance. How could you not look up the scripture and understand what you're writing about? Uh, Ms. Kapow, if you want to read Joel 3, 1 through 15. Okay. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine, that they might drink. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coast of Palestine? Will ye render me a recompense? And if ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because you have taken my silver and my gold, and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians, that ye might remove them far from their border. Behold, I will raise them out of that place whither ye have sold them, and will return your recompense upon your own head. And I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the children of Judah, and they shall sell them to the Sabaeans to a people far off, for the Lord hath, hath spoken it. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up. And here's verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Okay, just stop there for a second. 
let that soak in. Verse 10 says, let the weak say I am strong. The lyrics of the song say, let the weak say I am strong. Because what the Lord has done for us. This verse is talking about the enemies of God beating their plowshares, their agricultural instruments into weapons, and their pruning hooks into spears. They're going to war against God and his people. <laughs> wow. Sounds very much like Revelation, too. Yeah, it? it does. Okay, shall I go on? Yes, please. Um, verse 11. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Tither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, you get you down, for the press is full, the vats overflow, for the wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. That's verse 15. You want me to go on? No. Okay. I, I, only, I only had Ms. Kapow read that much to you so you can see it in context, that we're not just making this stuff up and going, we could have just read verse 10. And verse 10 says, see what it says? But in context, I want you to understand, without a doubt... No doubt whatsoever that this is talking about God's enemies and it's talking about the day of the Lord in Armageddon. Mm -hmm. That's why it sounds like uh, Revelation, Ms. Powell. It's right. Armageddon. It's the Valley of, of Indecision. It's the Valley of Jehoshaphat. It's Armageddon where the enemies say, let the weak say, I am strong. But yet, hey, this is a worship song that's sung all over the world as a worship song. See how subtle that is? Mm -hmm. It's a Cheez-Its. It's always a Cheez-Its. That's it's right. It's in your bed. It's um, the, the, the deception is incredible. It's incredible. It's just like um, I would I would recommend three uh, documentaries highly. And uh, we watched them on Amazon. Right, Ms. Kapow? Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime, if you have it. They're free on Amazon Prime. One is called The Lamp and the Light. I believe so. Something like that. The other one is called Wheat and Tares. And the third one is called The Road to Babylon. They all go together. They're three hours each. So it's nine hours of instruction. The producer and director and author is, is Christian Pinto. Yes. Christian Pinto. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's all about the King James Bible and the beginning of the word of God from the very beginning, from Jesus Christ to our day and how the Catholic Church and especially the Jesuit society have done everything in their power to destroy the words of God. And today we have all these aberrations of new translations and it goes through the history of where these came from. Once you watch those documentaries, you'll understand a message like this much better. The subtlety. It's all about destroying God's word, just like this song does. The Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary reads this. It says about verse 10, beat your plowshares into swords as the foes are desired to beat their plowshares into swords and their pruning hooks into spears that so they may perish in their unhallowed attack on Judah and Jerusalem. So these later... 
and the nations converted to God by them after the overthrow of the anti-Christian confederacy shall, on the contrary, beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. When under Messiah's coming reign, there shall be no more war. That's Isaiah 2, 4, uh, Hosea 2, 18, and Micah 4, 3. The opposite will happen when Christ comes to reign. But during Armageddon, it's just the opposite. Okay? Let the weak say, I am strong. This exact lyric that that song uses. The commentary goes on and says, So universal shall be the rage of Israel's foes for invading her, that even the weak among them will fancy themselves strong enough to join the invading forces. Age and infirmity were ordinarily made valid excuses for exemption from service. But so mad shall be the fury of the world against God's people that even the feeble will not desire to be exempted. And Psalms 2, 1, 3 says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And that's exactly what these fallen ones do, these fallen angels, the, the powers of the air, this age of sin and of Satan mm-hmm. that we live in, that's exactly what they're, they're trying to break that yoke of God and his Holy One. They're so, they're so filled with rage and hate for God that they're actually gnashing their teeth at him. Yeah. Uh, yes. Just mm-hmm. because they want this world. Satan wants to be worshipped. Satan is worshipped. It's not, he's not, it's not some future antichrist guy coming to be worshipped. Satan is worshipped right now. And you'll understand that. And I said, when you start looking at these documentaries I recommend about yeah. the King James Bible, about the mm-hmm. Word of God, you'll understand the Pope and how yeah. he sits in a temple as God and he's worshipped as God. Absolutely. And how they've corrupted the Word. And how they corrupted the Word and they hate God. Mm-hmm. They are Luciferian. They're absolutely Satan. No doubt about it. That's that's where your antichrist is. It's it's what Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown call the anti-Christian confederacy. That's mm-hmm. what that's what we live in. That's what this is. That's your mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second analysis of this lyric says, "Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us." Let the poor say I am rich. Wow, isn't that nice? Mm. God's going to make you rich. Okay. No wonder this song is popular. They're like, oh, God, I just need money, and I'm rich. You know, people don't want to be rich in spirit. They want to be rich in in the world. Mm -hmm. That's cultural Christianity for you. They want stuff. The lyric, let the poor say I'm rich, quotes Revelation 3.17 and a bunch of other ones. We're going to get to all of them. Um, And this is what Revelation 3.17 says. It says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. This is Jesus Christ chastising the lukewarm church of Laodicea. Are you kidding me? Christ is saying, you're 
poor. You're blind and you're wretched, but yet you say you are rich. But this songwriter says, let the poor say we are rich. Mm-hmm. They say just the opposite of what Christ is saying to the lukewarm church. It's like an obvious mockery right in our faces. Mm-hmm. Wow. You want to read Revelation 3, 14 through 18? Sure. And the other point I want, I, I'd like to make about that is that um, being poor and blind and naked is a, a spiritual definition for our spiritual state. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Christ, when he's chastising the church of Laodicea, he's not saying, hey, I'm going to make you rich in your life. It's about judgment. Mm-hmm. On that church for boasting that they are rich when in fact they are spiritually bankrupt. That's right. Just like you said, that's where that blindness, that poverty. Nakedness. Yes, nakedness. It's all spiritually bankrupt. Mm -hmm. All right. Revelation 3, 14 through 18 says, And unto the Lord of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. You see, in order to be spiritually rich, you can't say, let the poor say I am rich, because what the Lord has done for us. In order to be spiritually rich, Jesus Christ tells us to take counsel, to buy Gold tried in the fire. What does that mean? That means your life is in tribulation. You have given up the old man and taken on the new, and you hate this world. Mm-hmm. It's gold tried in the fire. You think that's fun? God's just not just, let the poor say I'm rich just because I'm a Christian. It ain't about that. And then he says that thou mayest be rich, but it's spiritually rich mm-hmm. with white raiment. That's your purity. That's holiness. And that you're clothed in that. And that you're not naked anymore. And that you have eye self so you can see. It opens your blind eyes. Yeah. These are the virgins without oil. Yes. Yes. That miss the bridegroom's coming because they're just not ready. They're asleep. Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary reads about self-sufficiency it's the fatal danger of a lukewarm state. Uh, the words thou sayest, right? Thou sayest mm-hmm. virtually and mentally, if not in so many words, increased with goods. That's what the Greek basically means. Have become enriched, implying self-praise and self-acquired riches. The Lord alludes to Hosea twelve eight. The riches on which they prided themselves were spiritual riches Though doubtless their spiritual self-sufficiency, I have need of nothing. 
was much fostered by their worldly wealth. As on the other hand, poverty of spirit is fostered by poverty in respect to worldly riches. You get it? Mm -hmm. It's hard for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said that himself. Mm -hmm. Knowest not that thou in particular above all others, the thou in the Greek is emphatic, art wretched, Greek, art the wretched one, miserable. So the oldest manuscripts reads, but two oldest manuscripts translate pitiable or one pitied. How different Christ's estimate of men from their own estimate of themselves. I have need of nothing. Blind, whereas Laodicea boasted of a deeper than common insight into divine things, they were not absolutely blind, else I salve would not have been to no avail to them, but short-sighted is what the commentary says. Christ was giving them a chance before he came and removed their lampstand is what the scriptures read. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to read uh, Hosea? Sure. Hosea 12, uh, verses 7, 8 reads, He is a merchant. The balances of deceit are in his hand. He loves to oppress. And Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich. I have found me out substance. In all my labors, they shall find none iniquity in me that were sin. Did you get that? He's saying, I am become rich. All my labors, none shall find sin in me. I am rich. So the commentary reads that verse 7 is a merchant. It's a play on the double sense of the Hebrew Canaan. Mm -hmm. That is a Canaanite and a merchant. You can find that in Ezekiel 16.3. Thy birth is of Canaan. They who naturally were descendants of pious Jacob had become virtually Canaanites who were proverbial as cheating merchants. The greatest reproach to Israel who despised Canaan, the Phoenicians called themselves Canaanites or merchants. So you get it? And then you think about this modern day church, you know, um, well, you think about the, the prosperity um, gospel as well. Yeah. You know, because they are, they have a lot of material wealth. They think that they're in right standing with God. Oh, yeah. Because you own an airport and you have, uh, you know, 20 jet in, you know, jets um, that you're favored. Mm-hmm. You know, and these stupid, these stupid, ignorant people just keep, keep giving them money. Mm-hmm. Um, the word oppress in the scripture means open violence as the balances of deceit imply fraud. Mm-hmm. And then verse 8 this says, yet I am rich. That is notwithstanding. Yet I am rich. All this stuff, I'm a crook. I'm a merchant. Uh, I have deceit and fraud. Yet I say I am rich. I regard not what the prophets say. I am content with my state as I am rich. Just like Revelation 317. Just like the church of Laodicea. Mm-hmm. Therefore, in just retribution, this is the very language of the enemy. The enemy, folks in being the instrument of Israel's punishment. In Zechariah 11.5, they that sell them say, what? I am rich. I am rich. Far better is poverty with honesty than riches gained by sin. And then the part where it says, my labors, my gains by labors, they shall find none. That is, none shall find any iniquity at all that were sin." Iniquity that would bring down the penalty of sin. Ephraim argues 
that my success and my labors proves that I am not a guilty sinner, as the prophets assert. Mm. The sinners pervert God's long-suffering goodness into a justification of their impenitence and their rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know? Let the poor say I am rich for what the Lord has done for us. <laughs> huh? Is that a crock of crap or what, folks? Seriously. <laughs> I wish I had Cher uh, in here so she could sing this song. I had Neil Diamond. If you haven't heard Freedom Friday, I had Neil Diamond in the studio singing Love on the Rocks. You have all these celebrities come to Ain't you. Ain't no surprise. Yeah, this chick singing this song. I don't know who she is, but uh, she might come back for an encore. I don't know. If, if, if I can quit throwing up. God, what sucky ass music. Um, Zechariah 11, 1 through 17. Open thy doors, O Lebanon. That the fire may devour thy cedars. Howl, fir tree, for the cedar is fallen. Because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, O ye oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. Well, this is a long one. I don't know if we want to read, read this whole thing. This is about the destruction of Jerusalem. That's the cedars and the pride is the destruction of the... Uh, of the temple? Well, I'll keep read down to verse 5 because that's where that... Okay, yeah. says, There is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, for their glory is spoiled, a voice of the roaring of young lions, for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. Thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock of the slaughter, whose possessors slay them, and hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And their own shepherds pity them not. You get that? That's their own, the own uh, leaders of Israel have sold them out to the Romans. They've sold them out to the Romans. Just like in 586 BC, you know, they sold out to the uh, Babylonians. And they said, blessed be the Lord for I am rich. But yet this song is saying, let the poor say I am rich. You see the blasphemy here? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then it mentions poor several times. We're not going to go through all that. It's a long, long verse. People could look it up themselves if they want to. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's Zechariah eleven one through seventeen. If you want to read it. Yeah, um, and then, like I said, the only reason we're reading a lot of this stuff in context, so you know, we're not just making this up. You know, we read it in context. This song that was written out of context, right, Mister Powell? That's right. He took the lyrics totally out of context and deceived people. We want to do the opposite. We don't um, exo Jesus. We ice Jesus. I mean, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I don't we, think we, so. I, <laughs> I hope not. We, we don't exo Jesus. We, we don't add in. Um, we take the truth out. Uh, let's see. Uh, I won't read all of the commentary either. Basically... Uh, what the commentary says, the prophet here proceeds to show the cause of destruction just foretold, namely the rejection of Messiah. When they killed Jesus Christ, that brought on the destruction of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and the temple, right? That's the slaughter. That's why they're the flock of the slaughter. God's people doomed to slaughter by the Romans. Zechariah here represents typically Messiah and performs and vision the actions and join blah, 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 on and on. Uh, but that's what that's about. But these people are saying they're rich. The Roman oppressors contrasted with they that sell men, right? Mm-hmm. 
They were the instruments of God's righteous judgment, therefore not holding themselves guilty. Uh, Same thing happened with the Babylonians. It is meant that they might use this plea, not that they actually did. And uh, the words, they that sell them, it's the rulers of Judah who by their uh, rapacity and selfishness virtually sold their country to Rome. And they did. Um, Their covetousness brought on Judea God's visitation by Rome. And it was the sale of innocent Messiah for 30 pieces of silver. Mm -hmm. That's your merchants, folks. That's your Canaanites. Let the poor say I am rich. Because you're going to get 30 pieces of silver Mm. for re-crucifying Jesus Christ every time you sing that song. How's that? Wow. Yeah. So they thought Jesus... They thought Jesus was sold, you know, and their selfish interests secured by the delivery of him to the Romans for crucifixion. They thought, you know, that would give them peace. It's over with. But it was themselves and their country that they sold to the Romans because of that. And they were destroyed in AD 70. So when they say, I am rich by selling the sheep, that's also in Deuteronomy 29 and 19 and Hosea 12 through 8. In short-sighted selfishness, they thought they had gained their object. Mm. Covet- covetous self-aggrandizement. And hypocritically thanked God for their wicked gain. Thank you, God. So, like I said, repent of singing that song. If you ever sang it, you have to repent. I did. I said, oh God, forgive me for ever singing that song and ever playing uh, drums and music to that blasphemous song. And you've got to ask God for wisdom, discernment, and knowledge from the Holy Spirit to reveal to you other manners of subtle deception. And you always fact check a song or a sermon or a talk with the scriptures and proper doctrines before buying into it. Always, 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 always in it. And uh, Ms. Kapow, you have some... Interesting factoids, don't you? Well, yeah. When um, I did some research on um, the gentleman that recorded this song, his name is Don Moen. Um, I'm going to read this little uh, thing that I, I found on um, Google. It says, this worship song was written in 1978 by a Henry Smith. The young seminary graduate penned it during a difficult time in his life when he was struggling to find work and coming to terms with a degenerative eye condition that would eventually leave him legally blind. His inspiration was the scripture, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, though he was rich, yet forsakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Finding hope in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, description of God's becoming human to save man, he penned this simple song of thanksgiving and trust. Following the introduction of the song during a worship service at the Williamsburg New Testament Church in Virginia, a military couple reintroduced it to a congregation in Germany. It eventually caught the attention of executives at the Integrity Music, which is known for producing praise and worship music series under their label Hosanna Music. And in 1984, a young worship leader named Don Moen was hired by Hosanna Music, and this song was recorded as the title track of his debut album, which was laid down during a live worship service at the Covenant Church of Mobile, Alabama, in July of 1986. 
Give Thanks was a tremendous success, becoming the Hosanna Music's best-selling release. In fact, they recorded it twice, um, a few years later, I think in 73 or something like that. But anyways, it was uh, the music's best-selling release, with more than one million copies sold worldwide. Church congregations around the world pick up on this song, and it is now recognized as one of the most popular contemporary hymns. Now, when Moen originally recorded the song in 1986, the author was unknown. So Hosanna Music copyrighted it. And after the Give Thanks album came to the attention of Smith, the original writer, he contacted the label with authorship information, and his name was included on the songwriting credits for all the subsequent releases. It sounds like Canaanite merchandising, doesn't it? Does it it not? Doesn't it? Let's take a song, we don't know who wrote it, and and produce it, and now it's sold a million copies, and it's huge. Uh-oh, we don't yeah. own the copyright to it. We stole it. So now they had to make good, so it doesn't go to a court of law. It sounds like Canaanite merchandising. Is that of God? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Well, this song has uh, made Don Moen very, very successful. And rich. Yes, because he has, um, it says here that uh, Give Thanks was his first worship album and over the course of his uh, career as worship leader songwriter and singer blah 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 he produced 11 more volumes of the worship albums and they've gone uh, some of them gone platinum um, they've sold over 5 million units uh, they've uh, gone uh, worldwide and then he has gone on to record uh, over 30 more praise and worship albums he receiving 11 gospel music Associated Dove Award nominations. It's just worldly stuff. And in 1994, he received the Dove for his work on God With Us. So, um, yeah, he's become very, very successful. Now, what I thought was interesting in everything that we've already learned, that this song was used to open the door to the social gospel. Because... Mr. Moen has now um, has a uh, um, what do you call it a ministry called Worship in Action, hmm. and as I was reading it, um, he has Jesus sprinkled in a lot of that stuff. But the the majority of the the writings about his ministry is all about his works, mm-hmm. his gospel work, you know, uh, social gospel. Yeah. And so as I was reading, I thought this was interesting, and what came to mind was uh, the Rick Warren's peace plan. And Rick Warren's peace plan is, P stands for planting churches for reconciliation of all uh, other religious beliefs. Now, this worship in action from uh, Don Moen he has affiliated himself with um, other ministries, uh, one called the uh, Royal Seed Ministry and the, um, what is it called here, uh, Operation Blessings. And I'll tell you more about those as we go along. Mm. But the next um, letter is E in peace, which is Equip Servant Leaders. Uh, through these other affiliations of um Royal Seed Ministry and Operation Blessing. He um, 
he, let's see, he's affiliated with these. So he's equipping these servant leaders with, um, with money to provide um, resources for those people, for those mm-hmm. other ministries, in assisting the poor, which is the A in peace. So they assist the poor through um, Royal Seed Ministry, which is in Guyana. They, um, they provide food for uh, the poor and for orphanages. And then the C in peace is to care for the sick. Now, Operation Blessing, what they do is that they provide services for the Zika virus. You mm-hmm. know, they, have, um, they provide nets, they provide um, medication and um, cleaner water, stuff like that. So he's associated with them. And then the E in peace in the peace plan is uh, for education, education. So they educate um, the next generation and they do this through the Royal seed ministry where they provide uh, free Christ centered education. Um, they provide school supplies, uniforms and teaching assistance. And they also um, provide um, Christmas Bibles you know, during Christmas, they, they provide Bibles and stuff like that. But I thought that was interesting that through this song, yeah. he became um, popular. He became rich. Mm-hmm. And now he has his own worship and action ministry that actually promotes the Rick Warren's peace plan. To the T. To the T. Yeah. So to me, that is... Um, the social gospel and even like I said if you go to his website Jesus is sprinkled in there you know the word Jesus Mm. and the Lord whatever but he's not really promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ not the salvation gospel no no Mm. but this is another gospel the social gospel is another gospel it in itself works and it's promoting uh, works yeah you do works, you're a good guy, you're going to go to heaven because God loves good works, and you're working your way to salvation. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I pray tell, show me in Scripture where Jesus or Paul or any of these did, did this. They, they didn't do this. It was all about spreading the news, the good news that Christ had come and died and rose for the redemption of mankind. And we were beginning a new age and heading off to the end of that age mm-hmm. where um, mankind was going to finally be redeemed uh, for all these years of sin mm-hmm. from Genesis on. Right. And, you know, Jesus always talks about um, to be careful about covetousness. Yeah. And he also said, you know, when he after he fed the, the, um, the multitude, you know, and they kept following him around. He says, you follow me because I gave you food. Mm-hmm. But the kingdom of God is more than food and clothing. And he said, what you need to do is seek the kingdom of God. The very first thing you must do is seek the kingdom of God. Yeah. And the, the, to be a true discipleship of Christ is to follow his commandments, but to deny self, take up your cross daily and follow Christ. And that's the true gospel. That's biblical Christianity. You know, and, and here's the other thing, too. I, I know there's probably some people listening and go, well, what's wrong with that? I think it's beautiful. They're helping people with Zika and blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the deal. This guy became a millionaire over this song that he didn't even write. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Hosanna Integrity Music stole 
a song because they didn't think the author existed. What I think is funny and ironic is that there are music labels called Integrity. Yeah, exactly. And when they got caught, uh-oh, uh-oh. They, had, they had to pay this other dude who you never even hear of. Mm-mm. He got credit for writing it, but you never hear of it. He didn't become the big worship leader and the big star. And this song is still associated with Don Moen, yes. not, not uh, Mr. Smith. Exactly. When, when I typed it in to get that stupid version that I played, it's by Don Moen. Mm-hmm. It's not by Mr. Smith. No. Um, so that shows you it's very sneaky. It's very, it's very Canaanite. Uh-huh. It, there, there's something wrong there. Whether Mr. Smith really wrote it in sincerity and in biblical ignorance, I don't know. But you cannot tell me that Mr. Moen or any other pastor or anybody else be, be, before me, some stupid dude in Mesquite, Nevada, discovered that, hey, it's not scriptural. Mm-hmm. You know? And here's the other deal. And I think, you know, it, I don't think. I know the Holy Spirit gave Miss Kapow the leading to look into Rick Warren's peace plan. Mm-hmm. Just like he gave me the leading to look into this song when I was reading Joel chapter 3, verse 10. So Holy Spirit prompted Miss Kapow to go well, look at Rick Warren's peace plan. And lo and behold, what does she find? It fits perfectly. That's the peace plan. Now, you know Rick Warren is a Jesuit-controlled shield. Mm -hmm. This guy's not even real. This guy's on the CFR? Mm -hmm. He's on the Council of Foreign Relations? Really? The dude's a Luciferian. Look what the crap he's put out. Look what he's done as America's pastor. His purpose-driven nonsense. Mm -hmm. His Daniel plan. Come on. Mm -hmm. And yet... This Moen has taken that purpose-driven, has taken the peace plan, and created the social gospel. And I, I guarantee you, the vast majority of cultural Christianity think this is the greatest thing since sliced pie. That's right. Now, let me tell you another thing. You know, you think these guys just do this out of ignorance, and they go, oh, we're really, you know, we really want to help people? No. These are foundations. These are all tax-exempt foundations, just like the Clinton Foundation or the mm-hmm. Trump Foundation. Yeah. Or the Obama Foundation. These are t- tax exempt. Exactly. Rich people know how to find the legal loopholes. Mm-hmm. And they, the first thing that a rich person does is form a foundation. They get tax exempt status and then they funnel their money through this thing. So everything is deductible. Mr. Moen probably doesn't even take a salary. Mm. It all goes back to the ministry, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he lives in this big mansion and blah, blah, blah. Uh, let the poor say I am rich. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. So that is the subtle deception of today. Mm-hmm. You really do need um, the spirit of discernment. Because, you know, if you, if you think, if you read about reading the Bible, even Jesus didn't allow this, the demons to say who they were, to who he was, he was. Mm-hmm. you know? Um, they said, aren't you the son of God? We know who you are. You are the son of God. But he told them to be quiet. Yeah. And even the apostle Paul, when he was preaching, that spirit, the woman with the spirit of divination, uh, he got so agitated with her that he actually cast out that spirit. And what she was saying was true. She said, these men are servants of the Most High God, yeah. which show us the way of salvation. Is that not true? Mm-hmm. But yet, 
he shut her up or he shut the demons up because it's the source of what it's coming from. Yes. That's a really, really good point. You know what I mean? It's the source. And so just because they're quoting scripture and whatnot, you know, you have to, you have to pray and ask God to d- give you that discernment of where that source is coming from. And, it, and here's, here's the deal. I mean, it's like I said in the beginning of the show, you're a Christian. You're not listening to Lady Gaga and Katy Perry or, you know, any, any hip hop bull crap guy. You're not listening to that. Right? Because you're a Christian. You know the Illuminati. You know that he has that one eye, you know, covered and he has a, doing the pyramid sign and the devil horn, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're buying Christian music or you're listening to Christian music or you're still going to a, a church thinking that that's a real system, a real Christian system. And you, you put yourself under the yoke of a pastor or some other leader. You know, and you're doing that. Well, you're getting that cultural, you're getting that Christian civilization in you. It's there's, Christianity and civilization are at opposite ends. Mm-hmm. Opposite ends. And so then you, you sing songs like that. Can you imagine what's out there now? This yeah. is back in 1985. Can you imagine the songs that are out there now? Mm-hmm. Do you have no idea? And here's a song giving thanks to God. It sounds great and everything. But then they're saying, they're exhorting God's enemies, let the weak, let the enemies of God say, I am strong. Mm-hmm. Let the let the poor people say, I am rich. I'm against God because of what the Lord has done for us. What Lord mm-hmm. are they talking about? Mm-hmm. A satanic Lord. You know, and you cannot tell me all these years, there wasn't one biblical Christian who looked into this and, and saw that, hey, these lyrics are taken out of context and they're the opposite of what they should mean. Right. That just boggles my mind. You know? I mean, whose job is that to do that? Mm -hmm. Maybe Don Moen, as a Christian, should have known that. But not when you're selling millions of records and getting uh, Dove Awards. Yeah. You mimic the world. A Dove Award, really? You have have Christian Grammys? Really? (sighs) Until you're out of the system, I think it's hard to really see the ridiculousness of mm-hmm. cultural Christianity and right. just how silly it is. But I'll tell you somebody who does see it and they see it clearly. That's the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And on that day, when we all stand in judgment, he's going to separate wheat and tares and he's going to separate goat and sheep. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. So the choice that you have now is whom do you serve this day? Because you can only serve one master. That's you can't right. serve the gray master in mm-hmm. between. Mm-mm. You're either serving Lucifer and in his system, or you're serving Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the kingdom of heaven. It's that simple. That's right. Anything else must come out? I think that's it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well... I'm going to sing, let the words <laughs> You know what? And I never did like that song. No, you did I don't like any of that sappy stuff anyway. But I, I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why I didn't like it. I just thought I didn't like because it it's sucky music and sucky melody. and You know what I mean? It's not the blues. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I guess. But what it was is there's something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with it. Can you imagine? Uh, Jacob Prash. Jacob Prash. Uh, years ago, we heard him do a um, a sermon, and he was saying the same thing about a song that these churches were singing uh, about what is it run through a troop and leap over a wall or mm. something yeah 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 and uh, they were talking about Joel 2 the 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 demonic locust army mhm but they were singing the song like it was god's troop god's people they were running over a wall and climbing this stuff as God's people. Yeah, it's not. And Jacob Pratt says, they're singing about demons and claiming that to be themselves. And this was years ago. He brought that out in one mm-hmm. of his uh, teachings, you know. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, not? really? No one else looked into this before that. Before you decided to sing that song, no one else kind of vetted it out? I don't know. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, come quickly, because I'm about to... Have a conniption. <laughs> I think I you're am. in the middle of a conniption. <laughs> I am in the middle of a conniption. If you don't come quickly, I'm just going, ah, I'm going to explode. Just find a little mass of Brother Kapow sitting here in the chair. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say goodnight if you don't have anything else. Ciao, baby. Okay. I've heard the wisdom from the wise, the wise heard the stories of men who have died in spiritual lives heard the teachings of men who have lied but all I know is Jesus Christ and him crucified for me about the sins that I did commit for which Jesus died on that tree Bye.